Our top story this hour, there is a large con- media contingent and an unusually strong presence of SANDF soldiers outside one military hospital in Pretoria. Looking at the markets at this hour, gold is trading at $1,605.50 an ounce. Platinum is trading at $1,583.25 an ounce. The rand is trading at 9 rand 27 cents against the US dollar at 14.05 to the pound and 11.83 to the euro. Fortune favors the brave. The brave favor fortune. You see, with constant scrutiny, life can be incredibly rewarding. It's this concept that led Sun International to create the Maslow, a specialist business hotel in Santon dedicated to facilitating success and recognizing those who achieve it. With an unparalleled 12 meeting rooms, conference facilities, an auditorium, and personal indulgences in the form of Lacuna Bar and Bistro, we're certain you'll come to understand that at the Maslow, the mind's preoccupation relies on the body's location. This is Sarah. No. She's a recruiter. Not this guy. No. It took Sarah 24 cups of coffee and a mountain of CVs to regret not using Career Suite. Seriously? Tailored for the accounting, audit, and financial arenas, Career Suite gives you a concentrated pool of top candidates with access to services like competency evaluations and assessment tests. So while recruiters like Sarah or yourself know the type of candidate you need, we know them by name. Register and start browsing CVs today at careersuite.co.za. Midday Live on SAFM. 104 to 107. 16 minutes past 12. This is a midday live right here on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. It's the 28th of March today. Traffic law enforcement agencies are on high alert on the country's major routes as holiday makers make their way to various destinations across the country. Roads, uh, Road Traffic Management Corporation says officers will focus on main routes across the country. Edwin Tzidi reports. Adam TC says traffic law enforcement officers will be on the roads like the N1 North, which thousands of ZTC members will take on their way to the Moria near Pulukwani. Law enforcers will also be out in force on the N1 South to the Western Cape, the N3 South to KwaZulu-Natal, the N4 East to Mpumalanga and Mozambique, and other popular routes. RTMC's Ashraf Ismail says bad driving behavior won't be tolerated on the roads. Dangerous driving, reckless and negligent driving, drinking and driving, particularly Friday night, Saturday night, as well as driving at excessive speeds will not be tolerated. Uh, we want to leave, leave a friendly message to everybody to say let's as South Africans get together, pull together as a community on the road and share this public space in an amicable manner. The taxi industry accounts for 3% of road accidents Taxi Bodhi Santaco says, though the percentage is small, it worries them because an accident of one taxi affects at least not less than 10 lives. Two years ago, the organization launched Operation Chocomela to help address road carnage. Santaco's Philip Dybosch says, their regional and local structures will help to ensure that taxis at the ranks are inspected and monitored to determine their fitness to undertake long-distance trips. We are saying to all our taxi operators and our taxi drivers that they must use the road as a shared space. And we are calling upon all our drivers to take a rest after every 150 kilometers of their drive. This whole issue of the deaths on our road, we take it as not only a responsibility of government, but as a responsibility of ourselves as Santaco. 
Meanwhile, here in Gauteng, Community Safety Department says drivers who enter and leave Gauteng must be aware that traffic violations will not be tolerated. Spokesperson Obed Sibasa says driving under the influence of alcohol, excessive speeding, reckless and negligent driving will result in offenders spending the entire long weekend behind bars. As Gauteng traffic police, we advise holiday makers and other road users to exercise extreme caution. And of course, uh, that report they put together by uh, Edwin Sidi right here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Uh, we're hoping to get hold of uh, the Deputy Minister of Transport, Cindy Siwe Chikunga, there to talk us more about that. But uh, other issues that we want to explore with her uh, is uh, the last week delegates at the KZN Inter- Integrated Maritime Conference adopting a draft maritime industry development strategy. We want to look at that and how uh, will that benefit particularly uh, young entrepreneurs who've been excluded from uh, this uh, trade for very many years. President Jacob Zuma saying BRICS countries have elevated Africa's global standing. He's been hosting the BRICS Leaders Africa Dialogue Forum retreat at a lodge in northern KwaZulu-Natal. Of course, BRICS are doing very well there, that uh, summit in Durban. And Finance Minister Previn Gordon says uh, further discussions will be held to deal with uh, certain outstanding issues regarding the establishment of uh, the BRICS development uh, uh, bank there. So we'll be looking at uh, that story as well uh, very shortly. This is a Midday Live on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Former South African President Nelson Mandela has been admitted to hospital due to a recurring lung infection. The, this comes three months after the 94-year old former president was admitted to hospital in the capital Pretoria last December, also for a lung infection and to remove gallstones. Tutongomeni compiled this report for us. All right, we don't have that uh, piece. We'll be coming back to that uh, piece uh, very shortly. Of course, uh, we're also hoping to talk to uh, Meg Maharaj, presidential spokesperson, if we get hold of him, just to give us an update on uh, what is uh, going on there. It's 20 past 12. The Eastern Cape Department of Education is set to extend the contracts of some of uh, the more than 2,000 temporary teachers until June this year. The Education MEC, Mandla Makupula, made the announcement while tabling his uh, budget of 26 billion rand for this fiscal with 1.3 billion rand set aside for infrastructure development. The MEC added that uh, it will spend more than 80% of its budget for the uh, on uh, rather on paying its uh, employees. For more on this now we're joined on the line by the Eastern Cape Department of Education spokesperson Loiso Pumlani. Good afternoon to you. Welcome to your listeners as well. All right, so uh, some kind of a reprieve for temporary teachers. They told now their contracts will be extended until June, only June this year. So what happens after that? Well, certainly. Uh, you will remember that um, over the, 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 the course of the past six months, uh, there have been some uh, agreements that have been reached by the department with um, uh, stakeholders like the Legal Resource Center and the Center for Child Law, where we have made a commitment to say that uh, we want to implement the post provision for, for 2013, uh, but we would want to ensure that in implementing it, we bring back teachers into the system on a permanent basis. Hmm. Now, the determination to extend the contracts is to allow us to ensure that we finalize the steps required by the post provision for 2013. That includes ensuring that we move teachers who are in access to positions that are available for them. Then that will be able. To, that offers an opportunity to verify the exact number of vacancies. Then we issue a bulletin 
We're in there. We, we, we hope to do that by, by, by the end of April. The bulletin will enable all teachers that are unemployed and the teachers who are currently temporal to apply to become permanent in the system. Mm. So the purpose of, the purpose essentially is to ensure that we stabilize the system, ensure that people who have to move to, who are in access where they are, they are moved. Then we will have an exact sense of, you know, we'll verify the figures and we'll know that these are the number of teachers okay. that need to be in the system. That will bring, will bring them back into the system on a permanent basis so that so, so we don't get perpetual temporal but at, at this point right now, you're not sure how many of the 2,000 two will eventually be absorbed into the system and made permanent? It's very likely that they will all be absorbed. Look, what, what is happening is that we do know that, in terms of our desktop exercise, we do know that the people who should be moving are in the region of about 6,700 currently. We also know that the overall vacancy is about 8,000. But besides that, there are about 4,000 plus teachers mm. who have been on perpetual sick leave. We have got a project now to ensure that people who have to be boarded are boarded so that we open up other vacancies. So I'm saying the likelihood is that even the 2,000 will still not be enough to cover the, the number of vacancies that will be, that will be created once we know the exact nature of, of it's the profile of teachers that we need in the system. All right, so we see here a, a quite a big chunk also going towards the infrastructure development. We know in the Eastern Cape there are mud schools, uh, ablution facilities in many schools, not up to scratch. Where are you going to start? Just talk us through your priorities in so far as infrastructure development is concerned. Well, certainly. I mean, this time of government, I'm sure you, you are aware that it's been characterized by the fact that uh, the, the president and the national department committed 8 billion rand to eradicating of mass schools. Now, there's a program that is driven by national, uh, that is called ACID, Accelerated Infrastructure Service Not Deliver Model, that is uh, working inside of the former Transkai to eradicate, you know, to, to make sure that we just get rid of all of these unsafe mass schools and some of the, you know, some of the think and plan schools that we have there. In addition to that, we've got our own localized budget in terms of our equitable share that we're working with to ensure that we also, there are instances where even in the west of the, of the province, you know, dilapidated for, you know, schools that have been made with, you know, prefabricated structures that require urgent attention. There are also a lot of instances where schools have not been repaired, you know, that need to be renovated, that require attention from, from the localized budget that we're getting. So there's right. a commitment to ensure that we, we, we escalate, you know, the quality of, of, of learning in all of our schools so that we bring the level equitably across the board so that we don't have schools in the form of the schools looking much much better than the schools that we have in the rural areas. Laiso Pulmani, thank you very much. He speaks on behalf of the Eastern Cape uh, Department of Education there. President Jacob Zuma has called on all South Africans to continue praying for former President Nelson Mandela after he was admitted to an undisclosed hospital for lung infection yesterday. Presidential spokesperson Mick Maharaj says that President Zuma has appealed to all media houses and the public to give the Madiba family space to ensure his privacy. He joins us on the line right now. Mr. Maharaj, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you and your listeners. Are you at liberty right now to tell us where Madiba is? The reason we haven't disclosed the hospital is, one, for the privacy for the doctors to be able to remain focused on their job, task of attending to him. Secondly, 
out of respect for privacy for Madiba and his family. We know the family are going through a difficult time, and we would like them to be to 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 go through these difficulties. Uh, to the best of their possibilities outside of the public limelight. So you're going to keep and it that way? Those are the reasons that we have done so, that we did not disclose it. Okay. Uh, but we do give updates based on the reports we get from the doctors. All right, so, so that, that status will, will remain uh, in, in, in that fashion that you're not going to disclose, at least yeah. for now. All right, we respect that. Yeah. Let, let, let's move on. But how is he? Can you give us an update? What I can say is that the only report I have is the one that the doctors gave us when he was admitted and which we have released this morning. We are are not pressuring the doctors. We are leaving them also the space rather than attending to phone calls to telling us uh, hour by hour. or We're leaving them to give their reports to us when they consider it appropriate. What we have confidence in is that there was any significant upturn or downturn in his condition the doctors would immediately alert the presidency. Mm. And we would then take the appropriate steps to keep the public informed. We fully appreciate the concern, not just of South Africans, but of people throughout the world. They love and admire this man so much that they really would like to know how he is okay. and are willing him to get better. And, and we, we, we know now for sure that uh, this is not a, a regular checkup, really. He, he has a problem with his lung. Not at all. We've always said that he has got a lung infection problem. That is a history of his medical record. He's 94 years of age. And secondly, when he goes in for tests, as he did on the 10th of March, we said so, and he was there for 24 hours. When he went in December, we said he had a lung infection. After the lung infection was treated, the tests also showed that he had gallstones, and that was removed, and we informed the public accordingly. So... The exact condition, the doctors inform us, and we make sure that we tell the public what the doctors have told us. Okay. Well, thank you very much. That's a Mac Maharaj spokesperson for the presidency there. It's uh, 28 minutes past uh, 12 right here on uh, Midday Live. Another very sad story. This one, the imminent demise of the Institution for Democracy in Africa, that's IDASA, has again cast uh, the spotlight on funding for non-profit organizations in the country. IDASA, which played a role in South Africa's move to democracy, is expected to close its doors in the next week due to financial concerns. Constraints. It uh, had been operating for the past uh, 27 years. Lyndon Khan reports. The imminent closure of the political think tank has been met with great concern. IDASA has been hailed as one of the few internationally recognized African organizations working in the realms of democracy and governance. It not only monitored the quality of democracy, but also held decision makers to account. Reports say IDASA's demise will be a severe blow to the quality of democracy in southern Africa and will weaken the hands of citizens who want accountability from governments. IDASA Executive Director Paul Graham says as of late times have been tough for the organization. IDASA, like many organizations, has for the last two years been struggling with the reduction in funding for South Africa from international sources. Early this year, a couple of major grants were suspended and so without new money coming in, we couldn't pay staff and some other creditors. Graham also says in the last 18 months, about 100 people employed by IDASA have lost their jobs. What we are doing is 
try to make sure that uh, the projects that still uh, are alive are passed on to others. The Afrobarometer will continue in Southern Africa. It's got good staff, but, uh, but other projects will, will have to close. Leading academics say they will be sad to see Idasa go. Academic and constitutional expert Pierre de Foss. Whenever a civil society organization like Idasa uh, that really talks about accountability, uh, that engages with various role players in this regard, when they close down, it is a sad day for democracy. Hopefully there will be other civil society organizations, community-based organizations and so on, who will continue doing the kinds of work that Idasa is doing. And that was academic and constitutional expert, that's a peer force ending that report by Lyndon Khan in Cape Town. Sad day indeed if it does so it close. Uh, let's quickly tell you that a seven policemen charged with the murder and assault of Fixburg activist Andres Tatane have been acquitted. So we welcome your comments on that, 34701, all seven of them have been acquitted. With that, we say good afternoon to Asanda Matsanyano, the news headlines. Afternoon, Bongi. Thanks, and I'm repeating what you just said. Uh, seven policemen charged with the murder and assault of Fixburg activist Andre Statane have been acquitted. President Jacob Zuma has called on all South Africans to continue praying for former President Nelson Mandela after he was admitted to hospital for a recurring lung infection last night. Presidential spokesperson Mac Maharaj says Zuma has appealed to all media houses and the public to give the Madiba family space to ensure his privacy. An ousted clerk with City Council Executive Mayor Professor Annette Kombrink of the DA has lost her appeal in the North Gauteng High Court to be reinstated. Kombrink, a DA councillor, was ousted by the ANC majority in the council last month. For SAFM News, I'm Asanda Matsaunyani. Details at 1. Over to you, Bongi. Thank you very much, Asanda. Let's now cross to Nancy Richards. She's on Otherwise. It's a small Friday today, Nancy, because tomorrow we're not here. So you might as well just tell us about what's coming up between 1 and 2 today and well, even I tomorrow. Tell you that in fact, we are here on Friday and uh, <laughs> on Monday because there's no peace for the wicked. So <laughs> but what we've got coming up on the show today is uh, it's the last, in fact, in our series Women's Rights Activists that we've been running for Human Rights Month, a woman who was an activist in many senses, Miriam Makeba, Mama Africa, posthumously awarded the National Heritage Council's Ubuntu honor for 2013 on Human Rights Day. Going to be talking to a gentleman from the National Heritage Council as well as Mama Africa's very own granddaughter. Talking of icons, we'll be talking to another one back on track, Zola Budd, preparing for the two oceans coming up this weekend in Cape Town. And a cycling doctor is planning to cycle all over the place, raising awareness for a pediatric HIV unit. So that's what we got lined up and uh, more tomorrow. Lovely. Thanks very much, Bongi. Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. Mm, talking about Zola Bad, there's a minibus text there named after her, Zola Bad. And it's not a real name, Zola Bad, it's a stage name, Zola Bad, but a, a great runner indeed. Uh, we're also reminding you that a seven policemen charged with the murder or, and assault of Fixburg activist Andres Tatane have been acquitted. The police officers were accused of assaulting and murdering Tatane in the Fixburg area during a service delivery protest that's uh, in uh, 2011 there. And uh, quick SMSs. 
as a veteran special forces uh, paratrooper with a one parachute battalion. It is uh, unsoldierly for the army of a democratic state to protect another junta that Paseka uh, Makoti they're writing to us on 34701. The Eastern Cape province has uh, the highest number of uh, school infrastructure backlogs in South Africa, yet 80% of its budget is spent on salaries. And uh, is uh, this government really serious? That's a pure in KwaZulu-Natal. National Police Commissioner Ria Pieja has told the Marikana Commission of Inquiry that police have not reviewed the use of 5.56 caliber firearms for crowd control. This as she continues her testimony at the Commission of uh, uh, at the commission rather in Rustenburg where she has uh, said that uh, police service will have a post uh, commission period in order to implement the recommendations made by this particular commission let's uh, talk now to our reporter Lizette Labuskakhni good afternoon to you Lizette good afternoon Bongi uh, talk us through first let's start with the issue of 5.56 caliber firearms for crowd control uh, what did uh, uh, the national commissioner say there Abhijit um, already asked her about some of the matters yesterday when he asked her why units such as the Tactical Response Unit, the Special Task Force, were called to Marikana. If specialists say that these units are not actually equipped for crowd control and they are not trained for crowd control matters, um, saying that they are um, called in the police um, war, certain war units and that this is one of the reasons why so many people were killed during the Marikana unrest. We know from the police's report on what type of um, firearms were used that a lot of our five rifles were used, and those are probably the ones that are used by the tactical response team and your special task force. And um, there has been a specialist report from a police expert, Mr. Kiester River, um, that said that this firearm should not be used in crowd control situations at all. Now, this report was tabled in front of the commission, and Beefles wanted to know if the police had acted on this report yet. Mm. And Vieja um, said no, they haven't done so, and um, that they will wait for the outcome of this commission before they do so. And Beatles was not happy with the answer, saying that they are sitting with their hands folded, waiting for the outcome of this commission, whereas they can do something about the matter now. And Vieja um, then said they will take it into consideration and they will reassess um, the use of these firearms immediately. She also talks about uh, a post-commission period after this uh, Marikana Commission of Inquiry. Just uh, explain this for us, please. Well, I presume that there will be certain outcomes from the commission whenever we um, finish here. We know that um, we should be finished with the actual hearings on the um, end of May, um, but probably go on quite a lot longer than expected. And um, the Commission will make certain recommendations to all of the parties here, including the police service, obviously Lonman, the unions, the National Union of Mine Workers, and also AMCU, on how such matters should be dealt with. And the Commissioner basically said then they will look into all the recommendations that the Commission had made, and obviously changes will have to be done, um, especially looking at the type of crowd control measures that they use, the way that they structured their plans, what has gone wrong in terms of bad communication on the day, and also that the police were not very organized when they were at Bonarco. Because these will say, you know, you were shooting from different directions, you were actually shooting at each other and that it is actually um, a grace that not police officials were not shot by their um, fellow police officials. All of those matters will probably have to be taken into account after that. Um, Beatles also said, you know, there had been previous commissions in South Africa looking at similar type of cases, 
and that it has been quite sad that the recommendations that were made by these commissions were not all um, implemented. Thank you very much to our reporter, Lizette Labuskakhni, there. At 23 minutes to one, we go back to the Deputy Minister of Transport there, Sindisiwe Lydia Chikunga. As we told you, traffic law enforcement agencies are on high alert on the country's major routes today as holidaymakers make their way to various destinations. Uh, Deputy Minister, that's just one part of uh, what we want to talk to you about, but uh, let's talk about this. Uh, Year in, year out, around this time, we focus on traffic uh, on the roads and accidents, the death toll for instance. What is different this year from, from the department? Thank you very much for having us. Um, what we have done this time around is to say we are going to have an integrated uh, program, a program that takes uh, into account other agencies that have a role to play, like for instance the Department of Transport, our traffic officers, the Department of Police, our police service uh, members, but also our agencies that we have, your cross-border agency, your RTA, your RTMC, and also the provinces and, and municipalities. So we have a comprehensive, integrated approach this time around. Mm. And, and we said that our aim first is to prevent the occurrence of accidents, be they fatal or accidents that lead to people being injured. But we also said in an event we are not able to do that, we we'll then want to ensure that we intervene promptly. And that is why we also brought on board the Department of, 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 of Health so that people do not complicate on the road because of the delays on, on, on the arrival of, of, of help, of management, of health intervention. And that is what we are doing this year. Is this new, uh, the, the integration of all these forces that you're talking about? I want to believe that it, if it has been done in the past, it, it, it did yield some results. Because, for instance, during the Easter holidays last year, from 200 and something fatalities that were had in 2011, we brought them down by 63% to 110. Mm. And, and, and we think that it's, it's actually working. We actually have strengthened it this time around. And that is why, as you have said, we even have the national traffic officers that are manning our national roads. They were not there the previous years, okay. but they are there this time around. The issue of uh, borders as well, very problematic. I mean, uh, Bait Bridge, to be precise, Lesotho also. And, and there was even uh, concerns raised by Zimbabwe that perhaps this is, uh, is, is deliberate on the side of uh, South Africa. What can you tell us uh, about that? What's your deployment strategy there? Indeed, like we have said, we have the cross-border agency coming on board and we have a program that we'll be implementing. It's, it's not just that we're going to be standing at the, at the actual border post. We're going to be working some five kilometers uh, inland, I mean, that is inside to, to, south, to inside South Africa, checking as to what is happening so that when they actually cross the border, it doesn't take long. So we have a program that we are going to be implementing. Mm. But I just want to say that, as we rightfully say, the issue is that many people are driving during this time. So it's a high peak on our road. There are many vehicles on the road, whether going to other countries or coming to South Africa on our roads as well. And we are therefore saying if people can actually observe the rules of the road, if people can wear their seatbelts, that is the message. If people were to be patient with one another and don't drink and drive, if people were not to speed, irrespective of the delays, we are better late than never.
we are going to reduce crime, I mean, to reduce uh, these fatalities. Okay. We are saying people who are our pedestrians are responsible for many of the accidents, and we are saying they must not drink and walk on our roads. In actual fact, we are saying they must see and they must be seen. All right. Uh, finally, uh, uh, Deputy Minister, we, we can't let you uh, go without really looking at uh, the issue of uh, uh, the, the maritime business. Uh, South Africa has reached a multi-billion dollar deal with China to build and repair ships there, but you know that uh, this is a very closed industry, particularly to young entrepreneurs, black in particular. What are you doing in that area. I see also there is a strategy that was adopted in KwaZulu-Natal during the Integrated Maritime Conference. You know, first of all, Bongi, uh, 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 we've not been in maritime uh, 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 industry at all in South Africa. Mm. Yes, as, you, as you rightfully know, 100% of our ship, of ships that export and import our goods are foreign ships. And in them, it's 100% seafarers that are foreign seafarers. So we've not been there as a country since, I think, 1993, when the ships that we owned as a country were sold. And because of that, whatever that we are doing, we're starting from scratch. And that is why we therefore have all these uh, uh, MOUs that we have signed, all these agreements that we have signed with these countries. And we are therefore saying as a country, we want to get in there. We want to benefit. Whether it is young people, it is women, as we want to do that, whether it is people that already have some 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 experience in the maritime industry. We want to see them doing it for the country. We want to see South Africa owning uh, uh, ships. We want to see South Africa having ships registered in our registry so that inside those ships we have seafarers that belong to South Africa. We have young people working there. We have women who are providing food in those ships mm. being South Africans. And, 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 and we therefore are saying the industry is open for all of us to benefit because we starting from scratch all right, so I'll tell you what, Deputy Minister, we need to explore this further. But I'm going to leave it yeah. here for now, and I'm going to thank you very much, Sindisiwe uh, Lydia Chikunga. We will talk about this maritime business. Really, it's, a, it's such a lot of money going in there. We don't even own a vessel as a country. Uh, really, we need to go back to the story and talk some more about it. Let's stay with the issues BRICS. The People's Bank of China has signed uh, an agreement with the South African Reserve Bank that will allow the central bank to invest in China's interbank bond market. Mrafet Tabane, please explain this for us. Uh, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's an agreement that was signed between the People's Bank of China and uh, the Reserve Bank. And basically this means that it's going to allow us as uh, South Africa to hold yuan um, uh, denominated assets because at the moment we hold the euro denominated assets as well as the US dollar denominated assets. So I think that for, for us as a country it's good to diversify. Mm. And um, in terms of the agreement, it's actually going to enable the Reserve Bank to invest approximately 1.5 billion US dollars. And this is roughly about 3% of South Africa's official gold and um, foreign exchange reserves. Mm. And I think that to a certain extent, Bongi, this shows you that um, China is still a very closed economy. But, but, okay, maybe we'll come to that. But what's interesting here is that we don't have to go via uh, the dollar to get uh, uh, China imports into the country right now. We're going to go by the yen directly. Yes, and we can even have the yuan debt reflected on our balance sheet as a country. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, and what else do you want to tell us about that particular story? 
Well, uh, uh, in terms of this, I think that it's also going to deepen uh, the relationship between the uh, South African Reserve Bank uh, in terms of the cooperation between China and South Africa on a bilateral basis, even within uh, the BRICS context as well. So Mm. I think that it's it's, it's quite good for uh, South Africa to uh, have uh, made a move like this one. And we know that, uh, like I said earlier, that uh, China is quite a closed economy. I mean, for a very long time... uh, you had China having two types of stocks, for instance, on its stock market, mm. that of foreigners and that of ordinary people in uh, China. So That's interesting also because now we are going to be able, or does this allow us to, to borrow money directly from China by issuing bonds to, to China? It allows us to buy in the bond, the Chinese bond market. We can also buy. Yes, we can buy okay. in the Chinese bond market. All right. That's great. Now, growth in credit demand by South Africa's private sector fell to 7.88% year-on-year in February compared with uh, an unrevised 8.64% rise in January. What do you want to tell us about that? Uh, well, data released this morning, uh, Bongi, uh, shows that obviously when you compare the credit demand uh, from the corporate side, it, it, is, it is slowing down. And this shows that uh, obviously companies are not spending as much as anticipated. Uh, they're not embarking on some of the projects that they had wanted to embark on. I think on a month-on-month basis, really for ordinary people, it doesn't mean that much. But uh, in terms of the year-on-year figures that, that we saw, it means quite a lot because, uh, for for instance, when it comes to construction, uh, your ordinary Joe on the street who could have been uh, employed, mm. obviously on a temporary basis, uh, they get to lose out on that. And I think that this is quite significant, particularly when you look at government's efforts to try and uh, reduce unemployment rate, even if it's not on a permanent basis, but it means quite a lot for those particular people. So, in, in essence, it means companies are not spending their money. They're not, and for obvious reasons. I mean, particularly when you look at the mining sector, Bongi, I mean, production levels have gone down even in terms of demand. Uh, the Eurozone is not uh, demanding as much uh, platinum as it used to, particularly for their catalytic converters because of the financial problems that they've been uh, currently experiencing there. All right, uh, thank you very much to our economics reporter there. That's uh, Mrafet Davan with me in the studio here. It's uh, 13 minutes now to one. Uh, with that, we go to the dealing room and we say good afternoon to Mpo Mora of Sasfin Securities. How are we trading ahead of uh, the long weekend, Mpo? Uh, good afternoon, Bongi. Our market is trading flat on quiet trade as investors are not uh, prepared to take first positions ahead of the long weekend. Markets are a touch firmer in Europe where the FTSE is up a quarter of a percent, DAX up 0.22 of a percent, and the CAC 40 is 0.1 of a percent better. Back to the JSC, we've got the gold index up 0.35 of a percent, resource index down 0.3 of a percent. Industrial index up a quarter of a percent. Financial index up 0.15%. The overall market is flat at 39,887 points. There's very little news other than an announcement by Evra's Highfield Steel. Uh, yes, uh, Evra's uh, PLC announced that it has signed a non-binding agreement to sell its uh, 85% stake in uh, Evra's Half-Fell Steel and Vanadium Limited to a Black Economic Empowerment Consortium represented by Damasco PTY Limited for a cash consideration of approximately 320 million U.S. dollars. Evra's Half-Fell is currently trading 73% higher at uh, 23 rands and one cent. And uh, any big movers today? 
Uh, on the upside, we've got uh, Net One uh, up 9.9% to 67 rands. Mondi Packaging up 2.1% to 23 rands and 49 cents. Life Healthcare up 1.8% to 34 rands and 5 cents. Oshini Group up 1.7% to 113 rands and 27 cents. Harmony Gold up 1.4% to 59 rands and 52 cents. On the downside, we got Masonite down 13.9% to 31 rands. AVI down 2.8% to 54 rands and 33 cents. That's after going ex dividend 90 cents per share. Upside down 2.5% to 154 rands and 31 cents. Also after going ex dividend 369 cents per share. Associated all down 2.3% to 322 rands and 99 cents. And lastly, JC Limited down 1.8% to 70 rands and 99 cents. And uh, finally, your latest market indicators, Mpo? Uh, the gold price is uh, currently quoted $1,602.94 an ounce. Platinum $1,583.50 a fine ounce. Brent crude $109.56 per barrel. The government R157 is trading at yield of 5.48%. And now to our currencies, the rent to the dollar is at 9 rands and 24 cents. The rent to the pound is at 13 rands and 99 cents. And the rent to the euro is at 11 rands and 83 cents. Back to Bonk. Thank you very much to Paul Moray of Sasfin Securities. Enjoy your long weekend. Two SMSs here about the story that uh, we are tackling right now. It's a shame indeed. Justice in this country comes with uh, who you are and how much one has. It's appalling indeed. That's Brian Kumalo in Peter Maritzburg. Set day for SA when police are put above the law, giving them free license. That's Jim there. We heard that seven policemen charged with the murder and assault of Fixburg activist Andres Tatane have been been acquitted. The police officers were accused of assaulting and murdering Tatane in Fixburg during a service delivery protest in 2011. For more on this now, let's say good afternoon to our reporter Deboho Letzaba. Deboho, just give us the details of this acquittal, please. Yes, of course, uh, regional magistrate has noted some discrepancies in the testimony of key witnesses in the case. He said these witnesses portrayed that as if he were a hero during the service delivery protest. But he says, according to the video that he had analyzed, both in court, even in, in private capacity at home, they have portrayed that as, as someone who was very problematic and often had to be restrained by the police. At the time of the confrontation, he said he acted illegally by, by uh, attacking one of the uh, officers, which is why officers too had retaliated. But over and above, the regional magistrate has also noted the fact that police did apply excessive force, which he said it was also illegal on their part. But finally, of course, he could not reach guilt verdict based on the uh, testimony and evidence which was presented in court, of which he said it was very insufficient. Mm. Talk us through the reaction then from the courtroom. Of course, the family is uh, utterly disappointed uh, by the outcome today. Even the National Prosecuting Authority said they were not satisfied with how uh, the case had gone. And then the decision whether to appeal or not, they said uh, the, the prosecutor was tasked with the responsibility would have to uh, study the, the judgment first before he could take a further decision. Co-leader Musiwa Lukota was also among the members of the public who, 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 who were in court. Of course, he too said he was disappointed because as he listened quite attentively. He said the prosecution uh, failed uh, to call some of the key, key witnesses. You recall that the prosecution had about 36 witnesses but only called nine of them of which that was not enough according to the court. So what happens now? This is the end of the Andrew Tatane matter. 
at this stage, the, the, the IP and NPA are not certain of what is going to happen from now on. Safe to say, they will still have to study the judgment to see if there are any possibilities uh, to take the matter up. Of course, IP said the NPA is the one to take uh, such a decision, also guided by the family office. The family at this stage, they said they regard this as miscarriage of justice. Seven policemen, is it all of them who have been cleared? All of them have been cleared by court, but of course the prosecution wanted five of them to be convicted, of which they said they only failed to prove the case against uh, accused number one and accused number five. So all of them have been acquitted. Uh, they were found not guilty. our reporter there. Thank you very much. A Zimbabwe High Court has freed on bail staffers from a Prime Minister's Private Research and Communications Office and a law officer describing as illogical and inconsistent a magistrate's earlier decision to deny the group bail. The four, including a senior aide to Morgan Tsangurai, have been behind bars since March 17 when they were arrested for violating the Official Secrets Act. Our reporter in Harare is Shingai Nyoga. Ten days after they were arrested, the accused are finally out on bail. A high court judge found the group were not a flight risk. In a strongly worded ruling, he overturned the magistrate's refusal of bail on the grounds that the reasons given were illogical and inconsistent. Their lawyer, Chris Mike. Essentially, he said the magistrate did not properly apply the guidelines and principles that should apply in all bail applications. Had she done so, she would not have arrived at the decision to deny the uh, appellants the bill that they had applied for. We are quite pleased, obviously very pleased with uh, the outcome. Uh, we are encouraged as legal practitioners to see that uh, there still are moments uh, in the administration of justice when uh, the law is applied as it should be applied. The group's former lawyer, leading human rights advocate Beatrice Mtetwa, was released on bail on Monday, and she was charged with obstructing justice in an arrest that sparked international condemnation. The arrests that came a day after a largely peaceful vote on a new constitution have escalated political tensions in the country's shaky coalition government. The Premier accuses President Robert Mugabe of using state institutions, including the police, to crack down on his supporters. He's described the arrests as reprehensible and targeted to intimidate the nation ahead of crucial elections later this year. ZANU-PF has defended the arrests, calling for Changirai to allow the police and the courts to do their work. The four will appear in court in April for their trial. They face various charges of impersonating police investigators and violating the Official Secrets Act for allegedly illegally compiling a dossier on top-level government corruption. They deny any wrongdoing. Shingai Nyoka, SABC News, Harare, Zimbabwe. Costa, thank you very much uh, to Shingai there. Learners in the Nelson Mandela Bay Metro say a debate on TB and HIV AIDS is helping them understand health issues better. The learners from six schools have been going up against each other's understanding of the complexities of uh, the virus and bacteria. This, as South Africa con- concludes TB Month. Asandantame reports. The debate held at the refurbished Athenium Gallery in Central was organized through a partnership by the Red Cross Foundation within the Metro, the Education Department and Health Department. Here's what some of the learners say they have learned from the debate. What we are learning is that there are certain trends that are going on within our communities whereby people are stigmatized, people are victimized because of their HIV status. 
are they going through TB? If so ever, people are not aware of howsoever you get infected by the virus or the bacteria. It also increased my knowledge with people infected with TB, that it comes in different stages and different strains, and that they also can live a normal lifestyle, but they have to be extra careful and go through extra precautions as to not infect other people. The World Health Organization says at least a percent of South Africa's population, which is just over 50 million, contracts TB annually. A Red Cross representative in the Nelson Mandela Bay Metro, Ruth Mufalali, says it's concerning that there are still new infections of TB. There continues to be an increase in the amount of infection and uh, a lot of people are defaulting on their treatment. So right now what we're standing out to say is that TB is treatable. You know, we just want people to be courageous enough to stick through their treatment and, you know, complete it. A volunteer at a clinic in Kwazakele Township in Port Elizabeth, Nandi Pajamam, says some of the challenges that lead to an increasing number of new infections is poverty. The challenges that we face are when people are refusing to take treatment, whereby they say they do not have food to eat, so they cannot eat Kemuku, their treatment. No, Eastam Konto is a representative from the district health office in the metro. She says as officials they decided to partner with the Red Cross and the schools to provide factual information about TB and HIV. In addition to the information that we are getting from them, we are trying to give them the correct information so that when they go out there around the schools with other children in the community, they are able to dish out or state what is the correct information. So we are trying to eliminate all the misconceptions that they are having in regards to TB and HIV. As TB is able, meaning it's passed from one person to the other, the more people there are with TB, the more the chances of infections and less precautionary measures are taken. Asanda Ndame for SABC News, Port Elizabeth. And top stories this hour, seven policemen charged with the murder and assault of Fixburg activist Andrew Statane have been acquitted. Our reporter, Debo Khalitsava. General Magistrate Infant noted some discrepancies in the testimony of key witnesses in the case. He said these witnesses portrayed Statane as if he were a hero during the civil delivery protest. And news just in, two bail conditions imposed on murder-accused Paralympian Oscar Pistorius have been set aside by the North Gauteng High Court in Pretoria. Earlier, we spoke to our reporter, Lila Magnus. Oscar needs to travel overseas to generate an income. He said Oscar doesn't want to go on holiday to Mauritius. They suggest a controlled environment where Oscar can travel overseas. And the former South African President Nelson Mandela has been admitted to a hospital due to a recurring lung infection. Presidency spokesperson Meg Maharaj. We are not pressuring the doctors. We are leaving them also the space rather than attending to phone calls to telling us. We're leaving them to give us.